The Bright Horizons Parenting Podcast, just for ages 0 to 8. Get the advice you need from our own early childhood expert, Education Vice President Rachel Robertson. And make the most out of every chance to teach, play, and love. Parents, we all have those days when we feel a bit crazy or not sure if what we're doing is right, if our kids are, you know, going to turn out okay. Rachel and Ruth went through all of that too. And because their own children are now older and grown up, they have a different perspective on those early years. Here they are reflecting on their own experiences, what worked for them, and what ultimately helped their children shape their futures. So good morning, Ruth. Good morning, Rachel. I'm happy to talk to you today on a podcast as always, but for a few reasons specifically today. One being that I just want to take this opportunity to reflect on the year as a parent and it's been a hard year and just talk about what has gotten us through and how to take care of ourselves as parents and I know you have a lot of tips and advice on that and I'm excited to talk to you today because you are retiring professionally and we want to pick your brain of all your good wisdom I want to hear everything you have to share with us about being a parent, about being a grandparent. And I know you're going to share not only your successes, but some of the mistakes you have learned from as well. Yeah, that parenting gig, it can be a really tough thing to do. There's just so much responsibility. It feels really, really overwhelming sometimes. I was just thinking about when my husband and I brought our first daughter home from the hospital and we just begged the doctor to please let us stay in the hospital until my mother could get there. And that was going to be a couple more days. (laughs) And it was like, the doctor was like, no, you've got this. And it's like, I don't think I do. You know, there's just so much responsibility. But I think that you really do have what it takes because there's just no way not to love that new baby. And that's what it really takes, I think, to be a great parent is just loving and caring and being really interested in in what your kids are doing. That's a good reminder, right? Everybody thinks, even I, and I was working with children by the time I had my first daughter. I had been working... Well, I got to start it early. I started working with kids when I was in high school. So I had my first daughter when I was 25, but I still felt like, oh, I, I should know. I've worked with a lot of young children. I have the basics of child development or even beyond the basics. But like, I remember thinking in the hospital, you're just going to let me take her. The only thing I have to prove is I know how to use a car seat. And then you're just letting me leave with the human And it does feel really daunting, but we are biologically, it's built into us to love those little humans and take care of them in a way that is, you're right, is the most important thing we can do for them for their whole lifetime. It's just to love them unconditionally. Doesn't mean we have to approve of everything they do or agree with everything they do, but them knowing we're going to be there to feed them and do all those important things in their first couple days of life. If we get the unconditional love right, the rest of it, we should stress out a lot less about the rest of it because the rest of it is not nearly as important. Yeah, I totally agree. But there is also this tendency to stress out about it. That was an interesting phrase you used, I think, that (laughs) 
that we do stress out about it. We're positive that we can do this and we're going to be good parents just because we love them. And it's not always easy either. It can be a really stressful thing when your baby's crying or when your toddler is screaming at the grocery store or when your teenager is trying things you don't really want them to try. It is really hard and it does take a lot of fuel to be able to keep it up all the time. Yeah, you're making me think of a couple things. One thing that's helped me in my parenting in some tough moments or having to make decisions is just reminding myself that I am, there's an end goal here. I am raising a future adult and I want them to be independent and successful on their own. I can make some decisions that help us get there. Not every decision when they're screaming in the middle of the grocery store is based on that, definitely. <laughs> and I know I'm supposed to be the person that knows what to do, but I don't always know what to do, when it's, especially when it's your own child. But just remembering that, having them have to work something tough out or having them take some risks that are in the moment difficult to deal with, but if you remember, these are actually good. This is going to help them in the long run. Then it can make it easier and it can help some of your decisions. What you just said too, Ruth, about parenting is hard because it's hard. It's a really hard thing. There is no instruction manual. We always joke about that with babies. There's no instruction manual. Someone should write that instruction manual because everybody <laughs> wants it. But it's, it's just hard work and you put your heart and soul into it. So you're worried about the end results the whole time you're parenting, you don't know how it's going to turn out, all these experiences and stories you've heard, you're juggling it with a, a lot of other things, with all this parenting guilt. So the other part of it is it's hard, but it's also, there's so many ways to be a good parent. There's so few ways to be a bad parent. Those we absolutely want to avoid. But there's so many versions of what's right and what will help your kids and help them be successful adults. So you can worry less about getting it exactly right and do the version of it that makes sense for you. And that is going to include some mistakes, but learning from mistakes and working on it together with your kids is part of it, is part of being a good parent. Yeah, definitely. That pressure that we sometimes put on ourselves to do it perfectly somehow can just get overwhelming. And parenting is about trying and trying again and trying again and again. Parenting doesn't have to be perfect to be successful. We can always learn to do things differently and our kids will flex with that. They'll like, oh, look, now, now we're trying this, let's do that. It's kind of refreshing, I think, for the whole family to take a step back and look at things maybe from a different perspective and say, okay, well, that didn't really work but let's try this way instead. I think I think a big part of parenting is being willing to explore new ideas, new strategies, and really give them a chance and see if they work for your family and for your family right then. I don't think even the same strategy for everything works Forever. Or for every child. Every child needs something different, possibly. Although they'll call you out. They'll tell you when you've been unfair and not equal. <laughs> but your goal is to be equitable, to meet each child's needs in what they need at that stage of development and their personality and temperament. But those kids will inform you quickly if you've been, <laughs> if, the, if it's not even somehow. Yeah, I have three kids. They're all adults. And one in particular is 
Oh, his strong suit is, it's got to be fair. <laughs> That's just his deal. We really have worked on it for his entire life to get him to kind of simmer that down a little bit because it just was all about fairness. And that's just who he is. Well, my kids used to talk about being fair a lot. Elk kids talk about being fair. And then through some mistakes and learning and probably getting very frustrated, we did a, a project on what it would let, be like to be fair for children. And they decided they didn't want it to be fair because they would get less if we were really gonna be equal about what children received, I think this is a, a holiday lesson. And so they decided they were fine with equitable <laughs> or, yeah. or our version of what they were getting. And But it took me a while to get to the right solution to get through that and teaching them that. And, and I'm sure I was frustrated. I'm sure I have forgotten many of my hardest moments, but I certainly remember a lot of them. My kids are 22 and 17, so one in college. And she's doing really, really well. So it's interesting, and I, I this is one thing I'd love to hear more from you about too, is I can look at her now. She doesn't live at home anymore. I can look at her and see some of the things that I did or parenting choices or parenting accident, happy accidents that happened that were really influential and helped her be successful. And she can even do that. She has said some things to me about, I'm glad you did this, or I'm glad I had this experience. And then I can also see some of those moments that I think, why did I spend so much time in that, worrying about that? And that was, why was I comparing myself to other parents or why did I have stress about this? And of course that's easy with everything in hindsight to look back, but what are some of those things when you look at your kids or even you have, I know you have a, a whole range of grandchildren that you have a very supportive and loving relationship with all of them. What are your kind of look back thoughts about raising kids? I think that we do spend a lot of time trying <laughs> trying in the moment to create something that's going to last forever and that's that's what makes it really stressful you know it's like I have to handle this perfectly because it's going to influence the rest of their life when really the whole package influences the rest of their lives all of their experiences, not one time that you blew up at them when they were fighting in the back seat of the car. It's the accumulation of experiences. And when you were talking about focusing on what you now perceive to be the wrong things, I think that's something that I would say most of us do that. And then we realize it later. I did exactly the same thing. You got to get good grades. This is really important. And, and we gave out money for A's and, you know, things like that. And it's like, I don't think that really helped them. But what my kids have said to me, my adult kids have said to me, what helped them the most was in our house, creativity is really, really valued and appreciated. And they all really love that they are creative. And that helps them come up with solutions to remodel their house and solutions to parent their own kids and solutions in cooking and solutions at work and all of those kinds of things. So it's those big kind of things. Yeah, like a behavior or a, that's a value of yours to be creative and your husband, you're both creative people. Do you think that you also intentionally nurtured that in your children when they had an idea, you would go with it or you would encourage them to have ideas? Or do you think just the influence of seeing you and your husband or some combination of that? I think it's a combo deal that, you know, there were always lots of supplies, lots of experiences that they could do. But 
there were just discussions. Like, you know, sometimes when you're trying to think of how to handle something, you have that little discussion in your own head. In our house, we had those discussions out loud. We could try this, we could try that. What do you think? Let's go away from each other for a while and come back and think through this again. I think it was kind of an expectation that we could find a solution for whatever we wanted to have happen. I mean, the creativity is really important and listed as one of the most important skills of the future, but so is the perseverance and tenacity to get over a mistake or not let a mistake get in your way. That is so important for children. And I'm just going to loop that comment back to something we were talking about is you were saying it's okay to change. It's okay to do different things for different children. And it's okay to explain that. It's actually, you should explain that to children so they know, so it's not an inconsistent and they're trying to figure out how to keep up with you. But I think some of us as parents have said things like that, like, oh, that didn't work, or what are we gonna do? Or you just in a moment of defeat or you feel overwhelmed. But actually that's really good for your kids to see you're modeling, like we need to find a different solution. And you're also modeling that you've maybe made a mistake and, and it's okay to change your mind for a good reason. And you're gonna just talk it through and you're trying to do the best for each other and learn together, right? You have to keep learning and they will see that you're modeling it. You're not showing defeat because there's not just one right way to do this and you need to teach them. There's not just one right way to do a lot of things and through the creativity and persistence and problem solving, they learn that that's, and that's a really important life skill. So, right. When you look at them as adults, you see, oh, that was, I should have spent more intentional time on that rather than the achievement or the trophy or did you get a goal or did you get an A or did you try? Did you overcome something? Did you come up with a creative solution? Yeah, and that ability to change is also a really good thing. And to be able to accomplish things in different scenarios and settings. When my husband and I had our first child, it didn't take us very long to realize that we had different ways of parenting. My husband is a soft touch. Oh my lands. If I ask him for something, I get it. If my kids ask him for something, they get it. And I am kind of the, you know, we got to toe the line here, kids. We can't do this. I remember telling my boys once they really wanted Batman underwear when they were little. My boys are twins. And I said, oh, no, we can't get them. We don't have enough money for them. That would be an extravagant thing. And I said, it can't happen. Well, they asked my husband and sure enough. <laughs> They ended up with Batman underwear. They got Batman underwear, to which they said, oh, we must be rich. (laughs) So we just had different ways of doing things. And for a lot of families, that causes a lot of stress, that one parent does it one way and one parent does it another way. For us, it turned out to be an okay thing. That's a good lesson for kids to learn. It's like there's some rules here that are different than rules over there. I mean... You know, the the language and volume you can use at a hockey game is way different than the language and volume you can use in a church. And you got to know the expectations of where you are and then being creative and having a good time in those expectations. That's 
that's a good thing. It teaches you so much about life, I think. That's it, really interesting that some of those things you were just saying, because it's okay. People worry a lot about that, about parenting styles or even grandparents doing something different. We can all figure that out. Kids know there's a difference between people. They understand that just because something happened with one adult doesn't mean it's going to happen with another adult. We understand. And that's a good thing to know how to work with as adults, too. So it's not a bad thing. It is a bad thing if the adults can't agree or it causes a lot of issues. And of course, that will happen some. Most of my kids' childhood, I was a full-time single parent, so not sharing them with anyone. And that was actually something I wanted them to be exposed to as different adults, because I didn't want them to just grow up with one point of view or not see any differences. But that doesn't mean it was always easy, even though I was doing some of that intentionally and, and having other adults in their life to influence them. Behind the scenes, there was still some discussions, some serious discussions, but they were adaptable. They understand. I mean, we all know, just looking back, we all know that when we went to grandma's house or uncle so-and-so's house, things were different. And we can work that out. Kids are able to work that out, of course. If certainly you want everyone to be healthy and avoiding those few things that are not good for kids. Yeah. But again, there's so many ways for them to work it out. And it's a good one of those, okay, as a future adult, they'll need to know how to do this. They need to be able to be adaptable and read people, some good interpersonal skill development happening there, even if you don't know that that's happening. Yeah, I think that's a really important skill to teach your children. And you're absolutely right, Rachel. You don't want anybody doing anything bad. So you have to set your limits. But once you pass those limits, it's like, it's okay if he does it differently than I do. It's absolutely fine. I think I spend a lot of time feeling guilty about things. I traveled for my job for a long time. I have for most of my youngest daughter's life. And there will be times that were really, really hard. I had a couple people give me advice during that time that was really influential. All of it kind of boiling down to if you don't do what fulfills you, you are going to be less able to meet your parenting goals. So of course, I would remind myself, I am trying to make the world a better place through education. And that's a good thing. I want my children to see that. I want my children to see that I have a lot of goals and as a woman and that I'm growing in my career and, and that I'm not always balancing, but somehow keeping it all together in the long run. Not every day, <laughs> but I wanted those. So I would think I want them to see this. I want to be a model for them. I do believe this is good and okay, but in the moments it was really hard sometimes and I felt a lot of guilt over things. I remember coming back from a trip once when my oldest was in high school and I offered to make her breakfast and she said, no thanks, I got it mom. And I said, well just let me make you breakfast. And she kind of mad said, what do you think I do when you're not here? I know how to make my own breakfast. And I felt so sad in that moment. I said, well, here's the deal. When I'm home, you're going to need to need me. <laughs> but when I'm not, <laughs> I'm really glad you have these independent skills. And we've had a lot of conversations about that. She said that that moment, she doesn't even remember, but moments like that where she's actually very grateful, or at least she says, of all the independence and opportunities to build independence that she had over the years because she sees a lot of her peers not having those same skills, not being given that space to become their own person and make decisions and figure things out. And sometimes I was doing it intentionally and sometimes it was just happening because I was traveling. 
and she didn't have me there. Of course, she had other adults there, but she didn't have me specifically there. So I often make her breakfast now. That has turned into one of my things that I'm like, you just need me sometimes. And this is the thing I'm going to do for you. The rest of your life you can take care of, but just let me make you breakfast. That thing about making choices, learning to make choices. Boy, if there's one thing you can teach your kids, it's help them learn how to make choices that fit for them. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of parenting right now is, there's all sorts of names for it, like helicopter parenting or tiger parenting, and it's not really good for kids because you take away all their opportunities to learn these really important skills. Yes, they might get a bad grade on something or might not make a team or something might happen. And childhood is more competitive, not even parenting. I mean, my kids are involved in sports. And I'm really frustrated with the whole system for kids sports because you almost can't avoid getting competitive in an unhealthy level because of the way the system is set up. So it's hard, but the more you're hovering, the more you're doing things for them that they could learn how to do themselves again, even if they don't get it exactly right, the more you're taking away their ability to develop those skills long-term and have them when they're an adult. It's just, the best analogy is just learning how to tie your shoelaces. As a parent, you're not going to do that for the rest of their life, right? They need to learn how to do that. Yes, maybe sometimes you start with, oh, let's just buy Velcro. That'll be easier. (laughs) Or you do it for a while. Or you do it when you just have to get out of the house and you cannot stand standing there one more moment while they're doing their loop for the 10th time. But eventually your goal is that they could do that on their own, that they don't need you all the time. And that's really, if you just think about that, and they'll need you emotionally, but they're not going to need you to do things for them. And that that hovering parenting, that makes parenting so stressful to think you have to solve everything or do everything or fix everything or make it all work for your child, pave the way for them. That's what adds to so much stress. And it's not all that helpful in the long run. Yeah, just being with them and listening to them and helping them learn those skills that they really are going to use or the process. I mean, you really are going to tie your shoes probably most of the rest of your life, at least one pair or another. But it's that process of I can learn to do new things. That's a really important skill to have as an adult. When you're retiring, yeah, I can still learn to do new things. Or when you're three or a teenager or newly married or new parent, you can learn to do new things. And it's good to have someone supportive in your corner with you. And maybe that's a parent, maybe that's a grandparent, maybe it's a teacher, but surrounding yourself with those people that can help you explore new ideas and just keep on learning. You kind of joked at the beginning when we were talking about, wouldn't it be great if somebody wrote this manual so that we could take our baby home and just do page one and then page two and do all those things. I, I think a lot of people have tried to write that manual and there are lots of philosophies or ideas about how to parent. And I think most of them probably can work. Again, there are some things you just shouldn't do, but it's finding the right blend for you as a as a family. And so I would really recommend that parents and grandparents keep learning about parenting. It's a really important topic and there's always new information. And I think one of the things that you and I have said together before is when you know better, you can do better. And that, that same thing is really true with parenting. Just because you have a style figured out for right now when your child is two and a half or three, 
that doesn't mean that's necessarily what's going to work when they're 12 or 13. Your roles change. I just think it's really important to keep learning, keep a finger in that pie of what's going on with parenting right now. I mean, there is an ever-growing body of research about how young children develop and brain development and how we can influence that. And if we're stuck on the ideas that we had when our children were born, we're going to miss a lot of that. There is so much to learn and grow. And it's hard when people give you advice or tell you often when your toddler's having a tantrum in the middle of the grocery store what you should be doing. But if you can, in some times, not always, but have a gracious thank you. Thank you. You're trying to help. Or there's something here I can learn. What can I get out of this? How can I grow? It doesn't always have to be reading a book, although that's obviously as a researcher and educator, that's one of my favorite things to do. But just to keep yourself open-minded and know that, yeah, you get to grow and you should be growing and changing as a parent over time, I think is such valuable advice. And it takes a little bit of the pressure off to know you're not set in stone as a person, as an employee, as anything else. Why would you be as a parent? And that in and of itself is a great lesson for kids. That just right. because you're having a hard time right now doesn't mean life is forever going to be hard. None of it's set in stone. I mean, yeah. boy, do we know this year that life is not set in stone, you know? At least I hope this is not the stone we're set in forever and ever. Yeah, yeah. It's going to change. Things are going to be different. It's going to take some time. But yeah, life is about what you choose it to be about. It's good to have that kind of power and outlook and optimism, I think, that things can get better and change and, and that you can be in charge of some of that. I like that word optimism, thinking about parenting. It's not that you're just sitting back hoping good things will happen. Certainly you're involved in that, but you're optimistic about your children's future, no matter what's going on. You're optimistic about your relationship, no matter what's going on. You're optimistic about yourself. You're just optimistic and that teaches children a lot. Someone asked me once, well, if all I'm doing is focusing on them being resilient and trying and learning from their mistakes, are they going to just be kind of soft when they're older? I mean, I want them to be successful. And we had a good conversation that is actually they'll be more successful because they'll be trying so hard. They won't give up on themselves. They will learn more than the person who doesn't have those mindsets will try once and then just say, oh, I must not be able to do it. That I must be incapable and internalize that and really struggle with that. So what we've often called soft skills and what we're talking about now is the most important things to focus on with your kids. They are the things that are gonna help people be successful, especially in the future. Knowing a lot of stuff is good. It's important to know stuff. There is value of knowing information, but that's it, not it. You have to know what to do with that information, how to build new information, how to synthesize it, be resourceful, and all these other things. We're talking about that creativity and decision-making and that's what we want for our children. And that's not coming through a lot of the things that we overemphasize or we get really stressed out about. That one test in junior high math is not going to be the deal breaker. It's just not. And we spend way too much time worrying about those singular things and the score versus, okay, what can we learn from this? How can we do better? How can you pick yourself up and try again another day? Yeah, and those are really important questions, really, really important questions, Rachel, to be thinking about, what do you think you might try different next time? Those kinds of questions get kids and adults 
thinking and that's really good that's when you come up with answers and making peace with the failure and moving on from there yeah those are important skills i think what we were saying earlier too is important and i see this when i've talked to you as a friend and as a colleague that you've done this well and we're even talking about it here is this whole idea of thinking about who your children are going to be and as people so we often Think about what they're accomplishing, what step in life they're in, what they're kind of filling their days with, like a job or school or I have a senior in high school right now. And if part of the reason she's so excited she's decided on a college is so she doesn't have to answer the question. So she has an answer to the question she's getting nonstop. But the question really is, what kind of person do you want to be? What kind of impact do you want to have on the world? And who are you as a person? And that's what I see you thinking about and talking about your children and your grandchildren is who they are versus what they do. And that that maybe is a way to think about parenting too is that's the real goal. It doesn't matter exactly what they do or if they get through college exactly in four years or when they get their first job or whatever, those, some of those milestones, but who are they going to be? What are they going to be capable of and how are they contributing to the world? Who people are, hmm, well that, that's just a great thing to help your kids become who they can be, but also to just to think that about other people in general as well. And when I think about who you are, Rachel, I don't necessarily think of author, leader, those kinds of things. I think of you more as friend and listener and those kinds of things, because that's who you are. And you do that with your coworkers and your family and people that you meet, just everyone. Those kinds of things are what will drive your kids to be not only successful, but happy with who they are because it's somebody they've created. They have impact on who they are. It's not right. that we as parents prescribe who you're going to be and we're going to give you this course, this course, and this course to get there. We help give them ideas, but they're really creating who they are. One of the analogies that I know you and I have used before is that teaching our kids to learn to ride a bike and that process of teaching someone to learn to ride a bike. Think about it in your head for a moment. Of, have you been taught to ride a bike or have you taught someone else? And there's all this support and encouragement that goes into riding a bike. And it's that last little hand on the back and then you finally let go, but you're still there right beside them and cheering. That's parenting. That's what it is. Yes, I'm here to help you. Yes, I'm here to give you advice. Yes, I'm here to set things up so that you can practice in a safe spot. But I'm going to step back eventually, too. And you're going to be able to be successful. That's the gift you give your kids as a yeah, parent. Yeah, that's such a good analogy for so many things and that they feel confident, but they know that if they look back, you're there where you're right there cheering for them. And that's what you're going to want as they... They do grow up. I, I mean, I'm in that stage where my youngest is a senior in high school, and it's a little sad knowing that we're about to have a big parenting relationship transition. But I know that it will just be a different relationship. Watching you with your kids is one of the reasons I know that it will still be a really great relationship and fulfilling, just different. She won't be home. She'll be in a different phase. 
I haven't actually appreciated much about being in a pandemic, but one thing I have appreciated is that there has been less pressure in her senior year. One specific example is they have made the SAT optional at most colleges because they can't go take a test anywhere. And we probably would have spent time on talking about the SAT, although I have strong feelings about testing and all that, so she probably wouldn't have gotten a ton of pressure from me, but we would have had to be in the system. She would have had to take that test, but we did not have to do that this year, so the pressure was off on that. But what I've seen happening to her this year, is she's been learning a lot about the pandemic. She's been paying attention to what's happening socially in the world, and she's she's a really kind person. I hope I've influenced that. I hope that's just been part of her childhood, but I'm starting to get to know her in a different way and see the things she's choosing to do because we're not so stuck in the, oh, we have to do this and then you have to accomplish this and then you have to do this. We're not in that cycle. So I'm learning about her and she's becoming who she's going to be. It's interesting to watch that. And I, that's something that I I really learned from you. And I I like so much about your parenting style is that you do honor who the person is and you do learn who your children are. Maybe they are exactly who you intended, but you also are just curious about them and who they ended up being. And I, I feel the same about my kids right now. And I'm, again, I'm in this stage that I not sure I want to be in, but I'm here. They are going to leave. They are going to be adults. And I'm just curious about who they're going to be. And I'm excited to learn more about them. As a parent, all of this pressure we put on ourselves to get things right. And it's just busy. Even if you're not putting that pressure on yourself to do it exactly perfectly and you feel confident, you're still, it's still tiring. They still wake you up in the middle of the night. They still lose control of their emotions in the middle of the store. And those things can wear on you and it is tiring. So just give yourself a break. That's a gift you can give yourself as a parent is you really do need to take care of yourself. I recently saw a joke online that said, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, where are they? Do do they have my number? Like, are they just gonna show up at my door? (laughs) And, And sometimes you do have to call in the village. Maybe that's your version of taking a break, but it's not a version of defeat. Taking care of yourself should be considered on your parenting list of things to do. So you can take care of them and be the best parent you can and continue to grow. Absolutely. And I think lots of adults feel kind of guilty about not giving 100% all the time to their family. But it just can't be done unless you take care of yourself and you turn into a bitter person and no one wants to be raised by a bitter person. So so taking care of yourself is really important. It is a major parenting strategy. And it can be in little tiny, you know, five minutes here, five minutes there, driving an extra long way home from the grocery store and parking for a couple of minutes. I mean, whatever you have to do to just refuel yourself, finding things to do that you really enjoy doing is a great way to take care of yourself. And it makes you more interesting and involved as well. So that probably is one of the number one parenting strategies is to take care of yourself. It just can't be done unless you are fueled and ready to go. Yeah, don't sacrifice yourself 
for parenting because taking care of yourself actually makes you a better parent. Although in the moment, people don't feel like that. They feel like, oh, I should be home or I should be doing this or I should be doing that. Your grocery store example is perfect because that was one of my main strategies. I often chose a long grocery store line on purpose. People would sometimes say, go ahead. I said, no, I'm set. I'm going to take these 10 minutes in this line. This is going to be my little break. I would look at a magazine, whatever. I still remember it sometimes that's just all I needed it was that extra 10 minutes in the grocery store line being your own person and having your own interests like everything else we're talking about that's really good modeling for your kids to see that it's not good for them to see you sacrificing everything and exhausted and burning yourself out for their sake that doesn't feel good you wouldn't want that as an adult someone doing that for you so it's good for them to see you doing that whether it's a break or fueling yourself or having your own hobbies or interests or things you're good at and sharing that with your children that's good all around for everybody so as hard as this year has been and as hard as just parenting is you know again a couple things of course if you're struggling if you're feeling like you're losing control of yourself or your emotions or your temper call the village find them if they're not showing up on your doorstep call for some help get some help and support but other than that you know especially when things are just hard all around just to take the pressure off yourself and just enjoy being a parent and enjoy your kids and getting to know who they are and that's that's really good parenting that's all they need we hope Rachel and Ruth's stories and their reflections on their early parenting years gives you some confidence in what you are doing. This pandemic, it's thrown a curveball into all of our lives, but remember, as Rachel says, there are so many ways to be a good parent and so many versions of what you might call the right way. So rather than trying to get it exactly right, take the version and the path that works for you and your family. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us and find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time on Teach, Play, Love. And rediscover parenting as a joy it was meant to be.